Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort, and on this episode of Transit Unplugged, we speak with Arthur Nicolette, Chief Executive Officer of TransDev Canada. This is our third episode that we recorded while at the CUDA conference in Edmonton, Canada. This is a great episode where we talk about contracting in Canada, which is so prevalent across the nation as it is here in the United States and really across the world. And Arthur heads up one of the largest companies in Canada that operates contract services for transit agencies around the country. We also filmed an episode of Transit Unplugged TV while we were there in Edmonton, Canada, and it is live airing now on YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, Transit Unplugged TV, and check out the show and see some of the interview and uh, see what we're talking about there. On next week's episode, our year-end review, make sure you tune in then and subscribe today so you never miss an episode. We interview Paul Scatellis. We move from Canada here to the U.S. Paul Scatellis is CEO of APTA, the American Public Transportation Association, and also Petra Mollet, who was the, head of their international programs there. And so Paul talks about what's happening, the, the trends coming out of this year into 2024, what the lessons learned were in 2023. And Petra talks about some of their international travels that APTA took this last year, places like Australia and also Barcelona and lessons they learned from transit agencies there. It's a phenomenal episode. I think you'll enjoy both of them. And now let's tune in to our interview with Arthur Nicolette. We recorded it live while at the CUDA conference in Edmonton, Canada. Great to be at the Canadian Urban Transit Association's conference in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, with my Canadian friends, and great to have with us today, Arthur Nicolette, who is CEO of TransDev Canada. Thanks for being a guest today. Um, it's a pleasure to, to be here. I guess, it's, you know, TransDev is the world's largest contracting company that contracts to operate public transportation. Is that right? I mean, that's what... Correct. Yeah. That's the biggest private operator worldwide. So. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've interviewed several of uh, the leaders of the company over the years. You know, in my background, I actually work for a company, Yellow Transportation in Baltimore, that was bought by Connex, which became Viola, which became TransDev. And so I got a little bit of connection there. But tell us some about your company and the role you play here in Canada. So uh, uh, as you told, as you said, you know, that's the, the biggest of, you know, private virtual uh, worldwide. It's a multimodal company. We operate all modes of transportation. And I came here five years ago in Canada just to develop our operation across Canada. Oh. Yeah, really. We, we started really with small operation, transit operation around Montreal. And really the objective, it was, you know, to become, you know, the first multimodal operator across, across Canada. And, you know, for the past five years, it went well, of course, with upside down, uh, like uh, in any in industry and organization because of COVID, because of so many challenges that we have. But so far, we develop uh, activities in the rail with uh, P3 projects in Ontario, especially yeah. with the Ontario, with the Ontario line, which is the automated metro. Uh, we have developed also our operation in the medical transportation, and we are the leader in Ontario as well. We have now with, uh, you know, our new acquisition in the west part of Canada, we have lots of operation in BC. What did you acquire? Uh, first Transit. Oh, right. Oh, with First Transit. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. sure. So now we have, you know, operation in, in the west coast uh, of Canada and that brings also new talents as well. So yeah, it's uh, it was uh, quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally born and raised at Transdev. So okay. I've done all my career there. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I started that, you know, by an internship and then I moved, you know, from really a small operation. I was GM. And then I moved, you know, step by step. Ah. For a kind of position 
inside the organization. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So like, what was the job you had right before you came to Canada? I was in charge of the P3 project, the okay. biggest one in France, in Normandy. Oh, in I, Normandy. Yeah, correct. Ah. For a city. So we were in charge and maybe, you know, it comes from so out contracting. Uh-huh. It was the way we delegate the, you know, the operation, the clients delegate. It's really, you are in charge of the ridership. Right. You are in, the sh- you are in charge of the fares. Uh, you are in charge of investment, operation and maintenance. So really it's a full scope of operations. Okay. So let's talk about that. Let's unpack P3s for a minute. Public-private partnerships are, are, are a methodology that government agencies or PTA sometimes use to build, maintain, and operate, right? So talk to us about uh, how that works, because I don't think we've really talked about that too much on this podcast before, but it's used worldwide as a methodology. I believe it's, it's really a great and smart approach. Of course, we need guidelines in this kind of projects, but it's a way, you know, to be creative. You know, we, we talk a lot, especially to nowadays that we are short in fundings. So we need to be creative. But if we want to be a new solution, innovative solution, we need to bring together, you know, manufacturers, uh, constructions, uh, companies, uh, operators, and of course the, the, the clients, you know, which represents, you know, uh, the passengers and, and the people, the community. And all together, work, you know, together to find the best solution, the best yes. scenario. Yes. And that, that could be something great. You Which know? could be a P3, right? That could P3 be a P3. Mu- so let's say a city wants to build a new rail line. Yeah. So walk us through how that might work. But, you know, in, in that way, of course, the, 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 the city will release the RFP. Right. Uh, and then, you know, the objective for the private operators and partners, just for, you know, you, you, you build, you know, a consortium. So you are. Uh, several, you know, around, uh, each of, uh, of us brings, you know, uh, a piece yes. of the solutions. Right. So sometimes these consortiums might have 20 companies in them, right? That are, that are building, uh, let's say a rail line. So you might have someone who's doing the groundwork and then someone Correct. who's doing the rail work. So one company would kind of lead, but it could be a consortium or a large group of companies that bid, right? That's correct. And the yeah. beauty of that, that there is, you know, it's, it's an intense discussion between, you know, all the stakeholders. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, we are trying always to find what is the, the best, the optimum solution. Right. For the client, for the passenger. Yes. For the, for, you know, to be efficient and, and performant. And that's great. And sometimes when you're in the middle of the process, things happen that you weren't planning on. Right. So then you have to work closely with the PTA, the public transport authority to solve those problems. Of, of course, it's, you know, it's, it's always a discussion, discussion with the clients, discussion, you know, with the other partners. The thing is, you need to listen a lot to understand what are the constraints of all the stakeholders. Yes. If you want to find the best solution. And that's great because sometimes, you know, you have RFP with, you know, strict guidelines and that's not so, uh, allow us, you know, to, to provide the yes. innovation. But when you have, you know, you know, I, and you told you that. Yes. You know, you know, more opportunities, more autonomy. Yes. To, to be creative, you can find better, better solutions. Yeah. That's great. And w- when I was, uh, when I was head of the MTA in Baltimore, we did a, a P3 project for something called the Purple Line, yeah. which is a rail line outside of Washington, D.C. And I remember when people were explaining to me, you know, the reasons why a P3 would be good here. They'd already made that decision before I got there. But it was so, it said, the way we designed these, and tell me if this has been your experience. Yeah. So they use an elevator for an example. So you have an elevator in a rail station. Yeah. In in a traditional proposal, they would tell you the steel has to be this thick, the you have to have this kind of electricity. 
uh, it would be very uh, descriptive and yeah. proscriptive. But in a P3, they would say, build us an elevator, TransDev, and we want it to be uh, to transport a thousand people every 30 minutes, the ability to do yeah. that. So they would give you kind of the goal and let you use your own creativity. Is that how you've experienced P3s in France and other places? That's correct. Yeah. And I will have something you know, you know, on what you explain. That's the, the cost of operation and maintenance. Right. That's something which is really interesting because you can have P3 projects just for the design and construction. Okay. But you can have also P3s design, construction, operation, and maintenance yes. over the 30 years. And we know, you know, when it comes to investment, that matters a lot. Absolutely. So the cost of operation and maintenance could be crucial. And so if you consider this part, you may change your, the investment or the design. That's right. And that has a major impact. At the end, it's more cost effective for, for the community. Yeah. And sometimes I think people feel like if a private company is going to be responsible mm. for the operation for 30 years, they're going to make sure that the construction oh, is done yeah. well. You know, when it's the highest reliability, you know, when yeah. it comes, you know, okay, well, we, we will maintain this kind of system. We, we will have an opinion if it's, you know, effective enough, if it's working, if performance, we will look at you in the other operation, location or around the world. Yeah. And we bring the knowledge and say, yeah, well, that's great, but maybe we can do something better. Yeah. Maybe you learn something in Hong Kong right. or somewhere that you can bring to yeah. Canada, right? And also it's a balance. And Sometimes, you know, because, you know, we love technology, innovation, and can bring something which could be expensive and, you know, not making enough savings when it comes for operation and maintenance. Right. So maybe it's better to have a bit more for operation and maintenance and reduce the investment. So it's always a balance. And yeah. that's the beauty of that. P3 projects, when, it's, when it includes, you know, operation and maintenance, you can have, you know, more creative approach. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Arthur. That's good. I know we weren't planning on talking about that, but that was very interesting. So let's now uh, kind of pivot to contracting in yeah. general. So public transit agencies across Canada, the United States, yeah. Europe, everywhere, sometimes they decide they don't want to operate things themselves. Yeah. They feel like there's value in getting a contractor to come in. Take us from there. So, uh, of course, it, it, across Canada, you, first, you have different kind of authorities, many authorities. You have, you know, school boards for the school, uh, uh, you know, contract, but right. you, and you have, uh, you know, agencies or uh, cities, municipalities, you know, for the transit. So all across Canada, you know, um, we have different kind of contracts, contracting a way to, uh, to provide the service. Okay. Uh, they all release RFPs, of course, but the scope of operation could be really different from the east part to the west part of Canada. Okay. That's something, you know, uh, uh, different. And, you know, there is not bad or good, you know, things. It's right. a different kind of approach. So sometimes, you know, the... The authorities, the clients, uh, delegates just, you know, the operation and maintenance. Okay. So they keep the assets, the buses, oh, right. you know, the, Maybe the, the garage, buildings, yeah, yeah. et cetera, of course. Uh, you know, they, they keep all the risk uh, also on their side, you know, when it comes to fuel or ridership. Yes. But it could be different, especially, you know, in Quebec. In Quebec, we invest on the fleet. We invest on the building. So we own the building and ah. the fleet. So we bring di something different. Right. In Ontario, it could be also different. They depend. The school transportation, we bring everything. So yeah, that's really different in, you know, in a province than the other. Yeah. When I was over in France uh, and, and in um, the United Kingdom, I also noticed that in some places they take the revenue risk. The contractors are keeping uh, the revenue that's raised. And so you want to make the service as accessible as possible to the most passengers because that's the money. But that's not always the way here in Canada and America, is it? 
Unfortunately, it's, it's not yet the case. I, I, um, as I said, you know, that's interesting when you, you have a larger scope for an operator because you can bring more value. You know, uh, it, it's great to have smart people uh, around. And I'm not saying that we are the only uh, smart people. Right. There are plenty of smart people. But if you want to express the creativity, you need to, to give, you know, a bit more of autonomy. And again, when it comes to ridership, uh, it, we can do great things. We can bring ideas. Uh, like uh, network design. Even, you know, you ask, you know, the expectation of the, the clients, of course, and we can bring different things. We can uh, bring the transport and demand. We can uh, have, you know, a fixed route line, define, you know, the timetable, maybe with a different way that yes. provide and make more savings as well or be more efficient for right. the passengers. I think that's interesting, Arthur, because a lot of times in the United States, at least, because uh, I used to work at a yeah. public transit agency, but I've also worked at contractors. Mm. So I've seen it on yeah. both sides. A lot of times a public transit agency will dictate every little detail. Yeah. And the contractor is more like a vendor. Yeah. But whereas like in Europe, where you came from in France, uh, it seems like you're more partners. Can you talk about that? The difference between working with a contractor more as a partner who can offer ideas and suggestions how to improve the service versus just the transit agency thinking, you know, they know it all and this is what it's going to be. It's likely like a, a partnership, of course, because, you know, the clients and the authorities is always here, you know, in Europe, you know, following everything and approve or not all any, you know, initiative. But the beauty of that, even if, you know, the client has an idea, you can, you know, provide and give your ideas. You yeah. can challenge each other. Okay. And from that, maybe, you know, you, we keep, you know, the guidelines from, from the client, or maybe we can change. Maybe we can adapt. Yeah. And that's interesting. And we, you know, I believe, you know, in, in the Canadian market, I, I, you know, I'm a strong supporter just, to, and I, I say to all, you know, the clients, you should, you should, you know, open the bits, you know, just say, okay, if you have an idea, let's talk about it. Just that. There's no commitment, but let's, you know, space uh, like, for that. Like brainstorming. So we like, call, like, yeah, like yeah. a brainstorming. I like, like that. an option. Like, right. you know, what could be an alternative scenario? Yes. There's a book I read a long time ago called A Whack on the Side of the yeah. Head. It's by a guy named Roger Van Ork. And one of the great lessons I learned from that was that a lot of times when you're looking for a solution to a mm -hmm. problem, you stop at the first solution that potentially fits. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you lost your car keys and you stop looking once you find them. But he suggested in this book, Whack on the Side of the Head, mm -hmm. think differently, right? Look for a second solution, yeah. another alternative, because that may be a more elegant solution to solve more of the issues. And that's what you're talking about, it seems to me like. An opportunity for the public transit agency and the contractor to kind of brainstorm about ideas and share, maybe come up with a better solution that either one on their own could have, could have come up with. Totally, that's, that's true. And that could be a battle for the passengers, for the community yes. as well. So yeah, you know, it's, it's great. We talk about talents, we talk about diversity. And it's why, by the way, diversity matters. Yes. It's not only a social challenge, it's also, you know, a way to bring new ideas, new yeah. you know, uh, views, cultural, you know, how we can challenge the statu quo. Yeah. And I believe we, we have a lot to do in this area and there are lots of opportunities. So it's why we need to maybe to change and uh, make, you know, an evolution in the RFPs just to open a bit the door yes. and let, you know, you know, a way, an opportunity to provide ideas and to be creative. So let's talk about that. Some of the new challenges that yeah. are coming up. Of course, across Canada and across the United States and the world, there's a big push to move toward 
public transit's already a very clean medium, meaning even if you're using a diesel bus, it's cleaner than running 50 or 60 cars on the street, right? But we're trying to do even better than that and move to battery electric and hydrogen. Private contractors sometimes, so let's say a a medium-sized transit agency, they may not have all this expertise and experience in setting up the charging infrastructure and creating the scope of work for the buses. But a company, a contractor like TransDev or Keolis or National Express that has experience all over the world or ITP Dev, you guys have, I mean, I think your company operates more electric buses than anybody in the world, don't you? Like 6,000 buses, I think Thierry told me. Thierry yeah. Nala, you're seeing, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, of course, How, outside China, we are the first, you know, private operator of electric buses. Yeah. And we are proud of that. So we, that's the value we can bring and to share. So you know how to do this. You've done it. We have done that. Yeah. In so many places with different, you know, uh, climate conditions. Oh, yeah. So we can bring you right. the value of that. That's, you know, the, the, the value that we can bring to our clients. These new sure. technologies, you've done them elsewhere. You can bring that experience to a smaller, mid-sized, trans, even a large transit agency. Yeah. And that, yeah. that could be, you know, a key element, you know, when it comes to make a decision, a major investment for, for you know, an authority. Yes. You to invest in, I don't know, millions of dollars right. in a one system. Uh, it could be interesting you know, to have a discussion with, uh, you know, an operator like Transdev, and uh, because we can talk about, you know, hold the cost, the you know, the life cycle cost yes. for the next thirty years. Yes, and that's matter because sometimes, of course, when you are a manufacturer, you want to sell your innovation, and that's great. Uh, no offense on that, yeah. but you know, uh, after that, you have to operate and maintain, and there are some restriction when it comes to operate an electric bus. There are some, you know, costs uh, linked to that. And that's, that's great also to have this discussion. And maybe, you know, the client can, you know, fine tune, adjust, you know, uh, you know, the requirements for, for, for the buses. And maybe even like on demand transit, right? A lot of places now coming out of the pandemic are realizing that they need to adjust their service offerings, right? So a 40 foot bus may not be the solution yeah. for one community. Maybe the solution there is on demand transit, but they don't really know how to do it. But you guys have done this all over the world. Contractors have experience everywhere. So it's almost like you can offload the risk yeah. onto a private company who's already done this. Again, we, it comes from uh, network design. So, of course, you know, the, the question and the, the objective is, you know, how you move people in the city or in the area. And the thing, the way we can organize, we, we can do in different ways with fixed route or transported demand, as you yeah. or with other solutions. There are new solutions, you yeah. know. and that key to open a bit, provide expertise on the, on the network design also. We can bring something there and we can bring, you know, the knowledge from, you know, all those operations and think, well, we can, we can approach, we can organize uh, the network with different modes of transportation. We can use also the taxi. We can use uh, big buses. We can use heavy rail. We can use uh, transport and demand. That's the mix, uh, which could be more efficient in the future, really believe on the multimodal approach. It will be more efficient for the passengers and it will be more efficient for the budgets as well. That's good. Now you are an international company, operate, I don't know, I'm in 19 mm. countries or maybe more than that now. Uh, do you work much with Laura Hendricks in America who heads up TransDev America? Do you guys like talk to each other? Oh yeah, we have a regular meeting, one-to-one meeting every month. So you have plenty of things and, and you know, uh, project and challenges together. So we work closely, of course, you know, it's, you know, it's our cousin. We are just close. Yeah, that's a good way. Your cousins. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about the future a little bit, Arthur. Uh, you've got this, you know, grand company over the whole world 
and you can kind of see what's happening everywhere. And I'm sure you connect in with your corporate folks now and then, and they let you know what's happening globally. Where are we headed? So we're at the end of 2023. What's going to happen in 2024? What are the trends you see coming? I believe it's more or less the same situation in Canada and maybe in the U.S. We are, there, there is a, a, the ridership is recovering. Coming that, back a little. Yeah, a little lot. It's, it's better. But there is a key question about how we can fund public transportation. How we can fund it, yes. Yeah, that's- yeah they were talking about that today. Kevin Quinn, yeah. who, uh, who his service is at 90% ridership, but they're concerned about funding yeah. still, yeah. So we, we need, we need, again, we need to bring solution for, for our clients. We need, okay. to, we, we, we need to be more performance. And I believe we can do better on, on, on that way. We, uh, we are open for the discussion and, you know, find ways with our clients how we can solve this, you know, major challenge together. Yes. Uh, and I believe that we can be, again, we can bring solution. So one of the acronyms that Thierry used to use is PACE, Personalized Autonomous was it contracted and electric? What was it? I forget what they all stood for, but there was a great acronym, I thought, pulling it together. So uh, what are some of the other big trends you see happening? Obviously, we're moving toward electric, potentially even hydrogen buses. We're here in Edmonton where they have, uh, I'm going to go see it later today, uh, which I, I love the hydrogen option. What, what else is happening in the world of you know zero emissions, et cetera? Of course, electrification is, is really at the forefront and uh, we develop a lot of our fleets everywhere and also in Canada, especially in Quebec, which is, you know, the yellow buses. Yes. We have now nearly 100 yellow buses electric. Really? And we are really proud of that. And yeah. we keep going, you know, you know, roll out, not only uh, school buses, but also transit operation that will be part of our roadmap. And, uh, you know, of course, we have different kind of, you know, solution. We are working also on the autonomous vehicle. It would be the future. Yeah, it's let's talk about it. I rode an autonomous vehicle last week operated by Google Waymo, our, which, which you guys, I think, operate through through America, yeah. in America, Transdev, it was, I've been in autonomous vehicles before, but there's always been like a safety concierge yeah. in there. This is the first one I was in when yeah. there was nobody in the driver's seat. And it came, I sat right next to it. It's kind of freaky, but it's kind of cool. It's really impressive. Yeah. And even if it's not for tomorrow, you know, yeah. because of course, there are many, uh, you know, things to, to, to improve, but still, I believe that will be, you know, the next, you know, uh, uh, industrial revolution. For yes. the mobility. Yes. That will be a, really a game changer, the way that we design, even the city, the way we uh, move the people around. I believe that would be, you know, a fantastic, you know, uh, opportunity to see. So, yes, there's still, you know, steps to right. achieve, you know, uh, an industrial bus, you know, something which is working very well. But still, it's really promising. And that could, you know, it's a way also to... Uh, to provide more services, especially, you know, nights and Yeah, day. right, right, yeah. And, and I'm a strong believer that we can keep also human, you know, presence yes. in, in this uh, transit network. It's not, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not a threat on that side, but we can be creative, you know, we can imagine tomorrow the buses, you know, especially for the, for the younger, for the schooler, schooler, you can have someone inside the bus, you know, to... Look at, you know, the children. Yes. Uh, and it would be better. We can create value on that. And I really believe that we can, uh, you know, yeah, that could be fantastic as well. Where do you see the role of like artificial intelligence? Everybody's talking about it now, you know, with chat GPT, but there's so many more things yep. that can happen with that. Do you, do you have any comments on how that can be, how transportation can? Sure. That, 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 that will allow definitely, you know, to have a better, uh, you know, understanding how, you know, the network is working. So that's the first time. Uh, analyze all the data. Work, the ridership, you know, the analysis, you know, the, you know, we know that, you know, after the pandemic, you know, 
people are changing, you know, they are not working, you know, every day, every week. And that, you know, a, a great tool, you know, to anticipate, yes. you know, uh, and to adapt also, yes. uh, you know, our transitory network in real time to be a bit more agile. Yes. Because, you know, when we design, you know, timetable, you know, frequency, uh, but we can be a bit more adaptive, right? And and with this kind of tool, could be you know, artificial be, intelligence could take right. that data. So we're in Edmonton, the home of Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers, and he famously said, "Skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it is." Yep. And it sounds like that's what you're saying. Artificial intelligence can do for us. It can kind of tell us where we need to yeah. be going and and get there. For sure, and not only on the ridership, but also that could help us, you know, to understand. The mobility, other you know, as a whole, you know, when you would like to uh, provide a multimodal, you know, network to yes. the city, it's complex. You need to make a lot of analysis. You know, the the city, the roads, you know, the customer expectation, uh, the the you know, emission CO two emission, plenty of factors, and it's really hard for you just a human to you know integrate all these kind of parameters. But you know, the the uh, intelligent artificial intelligence can provide that, that can do that better. Of course, you need, you know, a human look on that, but still it's working, it's improving. And I believe it's promising as well. That's great. Well, as we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to say to kind of sum up things or anything you want to say at the end here? Very pleased, you know, to be here. I, I, I wouldn't just, you know, I would like to insist on these points. I, I believe, you know, for the upcoming uh, years, we are in a, you know, a challenging period when it comes to funding, you know, public transportation. And definitely we need to be creative. We need to be creative. And we need, and if you know, you know, our, the authority could open a bit the door, let the space, even just, you know, just an idea. It's not a commitment, but at least, you know, let the space create it to challenge, to bring new things, uh, the approach to solve this major challenge Very that we good. are facing. Arthur Nicolette, CEO of TransDev Canada. Thanks for being our guest today and best wishes as you continue to boot to provide creative ideas to promote mobility across Canada. Thank you so much, Paul. Looking forward. Hi, this is Tris Hussey, editor of the Transit Unplugged podcast. And thank you for listening to the penultimate episode of 2023 with our special guest, Arthur Nicolette, CEO of TransDev Canada. Now, coming up next week is our last regular episode of 2023. And we have none other than Paul Scatellis, CEO of APTA, and Petra Mullet, VP of Strategy and International Programs at APTA, talking with Paul about what's happened this year in transit and what do we have to look forward to in 2024? It is a great interview and you are sure to enjoy it. Hey, did you notice we have a brand new newsletter? We've given it a whole new look and a lot of great new content. Head over to transitunplugged.com and sign up for our new newsletter and see what all the fuss is about. If you have a question or a comment or even want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us at info at transitunplugged.com. Transit Unplugged is brought to you by Medaxo. At Medaxo, we're passionate about moving the world's people. And at Transit Unplugged, we're passionate about telling those stories. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.